0: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Brigham Young University is out with a poll on Utah's attitudes toward gun control. And Utah Parents Against Gun Violence recently delivered a letter to Governor Herbert urging him to veto a bill which would loosen concealed carry restrictions if it comes to his desk. This has been a hot topic at the Utah legislature this session. It seems like it's always a hot topic um, among our listeners. And we're going to give you a chance to weigh in again. Excuse me, but the frog in my throat this morning. We'll ask you whether the Utah legislature is accurately representing your views on guns. And we'll examine the important question. This will be the main question for the hour. What does it mean to be a responsible gun owner? And later in the hour we'll bring in Cash County Sheriff Lynn Nelson, also concealed carry instructor and retired Davis County Sheriff Sergeant Bob Bredsgard. And we'll have with us Access Utah producer and possible prospective gun owner Danny Hayes. We'll ask how much training should be required for gun ownership, if any. Do you have concerns about gun ownership, your own or others? Do you have an experience with guns you'd like to share? And are we safer with more or fewer guns? And the number is 1-800-826-1495, one 826 It'll be open all through the hour, of course. And you can email us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at We bring in now a BYU political science professor Kelly Patterson. And, uh, Professor, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tom. I believe we've, we've caught you on vacation, so uh, doubly appreciative that you're, uh, you're on, on with us today.
1: Well, no problem. Really, no problem. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to come on. Uh,
0: so the, as I'm reading, the, the big takeaway here from the study, we'll get into it a little more in depth, is that uh, Utahns, surprisingly or not, are uh, sort of in, in step with the national polls. They're liking, I guess we, are liking background checks.
1: Yeah, I think the poll results show that, um, in line with the rest of the United States, that uh, uh, Utahns don't see uh, background checks as uh, something to, to, to oppose. Uh, they don't oppose it. Uh, uh, they don't favor it nearly as much as uh, the rest of the country does. More often than not, when you look at the national polls, it's usually in the 90% range for um Background checks supporting background checks. is somewhere in the uh in the you know low eighties we found eighty two percent and so yeah it's somewhere in that uh uh you know low to mid eighty range
0: and uh, i i I see from the poll Republicans support and gun owners support this
1: yeah, both uh, republicans and uh both uh, gun owners do uh, Gun ownership is a very important variable when you're analyzing public opinion. Those people who have experience with guns and who uh, own a gun, um, you know, have, have have different opinions, and um, and so it's really important sometimes on these gun control issues to, to look at the breakdown by uh, whether or not you you own a gun.
0: Of course, there's a big difference between uh, attitudes in a poll and what might happen at the legislature, and that's one of the things we're kind of probing here. Is uh, it, it's perhaps a difference in this between Utah's attitudes. And the legislature I, I, I'm, I'm not seeing any proposals on background checks at the legislature,
1: yeah uh, not quite yet and uh, but this uh, the background check is something that uh, is more uh, often characterized as a federal issue mm-hmm. it 's something that uh, the federal government would do when individuals uh, purchase a, a, a gun at uh, at, a, at a regular um, gun store or maybe even through uh, some of
0: these uh, gun shows, of course, um, a background check, federal background check, could be one of the measures opposed. We don't know exactly by House Bill One Fourteen. This is uh, Representative Green's uh, bill, which, uh, if if passed and uh, if it passed constitutional muster, would state that the state has sovereignty on on gun laws, and even would allow for state officers to. Uh, to disregard federal laws. We'll, we'll have to see where, where that goes. Uh, what are some of the other questions that, that you asked?
1: Well, I think one of the very interesting uh, dynamics that we saw in this poll, which was uh, conducted by our, our good friends at uh, Key Research, uh, followed by the name of Athletic there, um, what we really found I think that's quite interesting is this uh, nuance in Control when you start to bring in the idea of schools or children. Um, so, for example, when we asked uh, whether or not they believed that uh, you should offer more salary to teachers to receive some concealed weapons training, which was something that the Utah State legislator considered, only about 45% of uh, our surveys, our respondents, uh, believed, you know, were in favor or somewhat favored um, this idea of providing. Um, money for them to get that concealed weapons training. When you talk about gun-free uh, zones around schools, you have about 55, 54, 55 percent uh, who favor that. And when you talk about putting a full-time police officer in every school, you end up with about 62 uh, percent who uh, favor uh, that kind of... Um, policy proposal. So once again, schools and children uh, bring a whole new dynamic into this uh, argument about uh, guns, especially in the wake of this uh, uh, Sandy Hook, uh, Newtown, Connecticut shooting.
0: What about, um, I don't know if you factored in or or you can parse out, uh, separate out, gun owners, they have differences in their attitudes toward these provisions versus the public as a whole?
1: They do. um gun owners have uh are 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 slightly more in favor of um you know being able to provide these kinds of this kind of training and uh and are generally against any sort of proposal that would seem to restrict uh the use of guns uh, the ability of individuals to own guns um, and that's the attitude you see. More often than not between you know, the difference you see more often than not between uh, gun owners and non gun owners is that uh, gun owners are just more comfortable with guns and don 't see uh, the threat don 't see the the harm or the danger necessarily uh, that uh, non non gun owners do
0: mm-hmm. Uh, the Vice President of the NRA was recently in Utah Wayne Lapierre and he talked about background checks and that organization sees background checks at least as he articulated it as a slippery slope that this would be the next step will be a gun registry and then the next step after that the federal government comes and gets our guns uh, and uh, I can't remember exactly how you worded that question I don't know what Utahs think about that.
1: Well, that's that's the job of uh, Wayne LaPierre for the National Rifle uh, yeah, Association. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he,
1: he has a job to uh, uh, hold the line on um, anything that uh, that organization thinks may restrict uh, the exercise of Second Amendment rights. Uh, it's interesting, when you look at public opinion uh, among even National Rifle Association members, there's um, – some, some moderation there that uh, isn't uh, necessarily seen in the rhetoric of the, of, of the leaders. So uh, you have your uh, gun enthusiasts, as they're often called, who, who collect guns and, and shoot them for um, sport and other kinds of reasons. then you have your hunters, and um, hunters or uh, those individuals who own guns for those kinds of reasons um, don't necessarily go along with uh, the... Hard stance taken by uh, the National Rifle Association and its uh, and its leaders. So, uh, yeah, he, he, his argument is to make that slippery slope, uh, and uh, that's what his job is. And uh, and uh, but you know, public opinion is uh, a little more nuanced than than what Wayma um, uh, Pierre uh, talks about.
0: And as political scientists, this must be interesting uh, to you. Just on it, you know, I'm not sure if you studied exactly this area, but the NRA has a, a lot of power in Congress, has been demonstrated over many years. It seems like on this issue, if you have 90% of uh, Americans thinking uh, we should, ought to have background checks, uh, there might be a coming collision.
1: Um, well, yes and no. Um- I, I think that's right. The National Rifle Association is a is a very powerful interest group and has been seen as one of the most powerful interest groups on on on, on Capitol Hill. And um, the reason for that is because they're successful. They can mobilize. Um, Uh, this constituency very uh, quickly and very easily. And uh, there are lots of gun owners uh, concentrated in a variety of congressional districts across the United States. And so they're they're almost kind of ideally set up to to exercise power and influence on on Capitol Hill. Uh, But once again, you know, it's a fine line that uh, leadership at the National Rifle Association needs to walk because they don't want to alienate uh, a large uh, uh, proportion of their base.
0: Well, on some of the other measures you tested in this poll uh, on gun control, uh, Utahns generally were opposed, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were. And uh, that's uh, consistent with what we see in in most Western states and with uh, uh, constituencies that uh, have a certain view of of what the Second Amendment is. So, for example, when we get to uh, restrictions on the sale of high-capacity magazines, um, only uh, 43 percent of... uh, uh, our sample uh favors or somewhat favors that uh particular policy uh a federal uh a nationwide ban on semi automatic weapons is gets even less support here at uh, at thirty six percent so yeah um there are a variety of factors that uh are responsible for that, but overall uh Utahs just aren't uh supportive of some of these other uh, gun control proposals uh, being cast about uh in the national debate.
0: What are some of the reasons behind that that you can you know, maybe parse out? Uh, they believe it to be ineffective and in reducing gun violence. Uh, maybe um, concerns about Second Amendment. What are, what are some of the reasons uh, behind the opposition? Yeah,
1: all, all of the above, Tom. Mm-hmm. All of the above. All um, right. uh Partisanship is a big issue. Uh, the U- Utah, as you. And your listeners know it doesn't have a lot of Democrats, and uh, Democrats are always uh, more uh, supportive of these kinds of issues than others. And that's, I think, because of the different way in which they interpret the Second Amendment. Uh, Republicans uh, really oppose these kinds of gun control issues um, along the lines of effectiveness, along the lines of uh, it's out of step with uh, their view of what the Second Amendment is, which is this kind of blanket um, uh, ability to uh, kind of – own
0: guns. Hmm. You made reference to uh, the fact that Western states generally are uh, have more opposition to gun control measures. Uh, and uh, I want to maybe have you uh, get into why. We're just more comfortable with guns, grow up hunting and such. and Is that the main reason why?
1: Yeah, I do. I think it's history. I think it's culture. Uh, I think it's... Uh, a sense of uh, uh, individualism, uh, Western individualism, and uh, kind of the self-made individual. Uh, All of those things uh, factor quite uh, strongly into uh, the reasons why Western states and and, uh, those communities in the Western states uh, tend to see guns in a sort of a less threatening and in more of a uh, recreational sort of light
0: even in the west uh, i don't know if you see this nationally but maybe nationally and west we have unfortunately these incidents these tragic incidents that seem to happen in waves and uh, i don't know if we we see shifts changes nationally or in or in the west on uh, attitudes toward gun control uh, after each one of these things and maybe cumulative effect
1: oh yeah but there are short term effects that uh, that occur uh, in the wake of, of these, these, these types of tragedies. They do uh, uh, make some individuals much more aware of what's going on uh, with gun laws, gun laws across the different states and, of course, uh, in the nation. Um, but the, the biggest question I think that you've asked and really an important one is whether or not it makes any difference in the long term. And um, the cumulative effect is... Um, there, but uh, not as great as you might uh, you, you might think um, when you talk about what are the most important issues facing the nation, um, gun control uh, barely registers uh, in the single digits. Uh, much more people are uh, thinking about the economy, much more uh, about uh, jobs, uh, the debts. Uh, and some of these other issues, and and gun control and Second Amendment freedoms end up being uh, pretty far down the list of what most people consider to be really important. So they have these moments of salience, and then they uh, sort of recede. Mm. Uh,
0: I want to uh, just, we have about a minute left, I want to go back to the background checks. Um, And uh, I guess that the people who are in favor of of this, increasing background checks, uh, include people... uh, Include, include the closing the loop, the loophole, I guess that's where I, what I'm getting to because right now um in in some respect, you can go to a gun show for example, you go to private sale uh, you could avoid a background check,
1: yeah, and I th- we didn't ask specifically about that, but uh, more often than not uh, when you do ask people about closing these loopholes they're they're for them uh, mm-hmm. they they understand that there are issues uh, with regard to uh, the ways in which people can uh, purchase guns and so um, yeah the the they're the generally supportive of them
0: mm-hmm. what's your biggest takeaway then from from this poll in, in general
1: uh utah's utah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it shares some similarities with uh the nation as a whole but then uh of course with its own uh, unique tradition of of you know being a western state and and its uh, access to uh great hunting and uh, the great uh, life that we have outdoors, all of those different things uh, you know, make individuals a bit more reticent about uh, you know, wanting to solve some of these issues of violence through the regulation of cuts.
0: Kelly Patterson is political science professor at Brigham Young University. He's also with the BYU Center for Study of Elections and Democracy, and that center uh, is out with a new poll on Utah's attitudes toward gun control. We've been talking about that. We're going to shift the discussion following a break to what is responsible gun ownership. And uh, we'll ask you that question. We'll ask you whether you think uh, the uh, Utah legislature is reflecting your attitudes toward guns. We'll ask you about uh, your stories with guns, and we'll be talking with a possible prospective gun owner, our own Access Utah producer, Danny Hayes. we we'll also have with us uh, concealed carry instructor, Bob Bredsgard, and uh, Cache County Sheriff, Lynn Nelson. Uh, Kelly Patterson, thank you so much.
1: No, thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure.
0: Uh, we'll continue this discussion on guns following the break. Support for Access Utah comes from Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan. Open Monday through Saturday until 2 with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches. There's no one better, no one more essential to our national sense of self and sanity. That's what Dave Eggers says about George Saunders, who has a new short story collection, 10th of December. I'm Jim Fleming. Next time on To the Best of Our Knowledge, George Saunders and the Art of the Short Story. It's To the Best of Our Knowledge from PRI, Public Radio International. Sunday mornings at 9 on Utah Public Radio.
2: Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and the USU Credit Union, serving members with online bill payer, web teller services, and mobile banking for around-the-clock account access. Information is at USUCCU.org. Support also comes from your local office of AARP Utah, a nonpartisan organization helping people 50 and over improve their lives through its advocacy for health care reform, social security, and consumer protection in Utah. Information is at aarp.org slash ut.
0: Thanks for uh, staying with us. We are talking guns on Access Utah today. This has been a hot topic at the Utah legislature. We've uh, taken a look at a poll on Utah's attitudes toward gun control with uh, Kelly Patterson in the first part of the program. Uh, generally, uh, Utah's oppose... Uh, gun control measures, but uh, they are overwhelmingly in support of background checks, including uh, closing loopholes uh, at gun shows and private sales. In that, uh, they uh, generally are in step with national polls. Uh, and House Bill 114, for example, uh, to give you a flavor of what's happening at the legislature, uh, which is uh, called the Second Amendment Preservation Act uh, by its uh, sponsor, Representative Brian Green, would uh, give uh, state officers uh, sovereignty over federal law. In fact, uh, would would give uh, state officers permission to ignore federal law. Of course, the lawyers at the legislature have warned representatives that that, that is very likely unconstitutional. But that is now at its first reading at the Senate. House Bill 76, sponsored by Representative John Mathis of Vernal, uh, is in its second reading of the Senate. This would uh, allow for unloaded concealed weapons uh, to be uh, possessed without a permit. By the way, these permits currently require a background check and a safety class. That's uh, sort of what we're going to concentrate on for the rest of the program. What is responsible gun ownership? Do you have any concerns uh, about that? Or maybe your concern is that we're going too far in restricting responsible gun ownership and uh, what training uh, is required, what training should be required. So we bring in uh, on the phone uh, Bob Bredsguard, who is a concealed carry instructor and retired Davis County Sheriff Sergeant. Uh, Mr. Bredsgard, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And uh, you're featured in a uh, Tom Morton uh, column Salt Lake Tribune. That's how we got to know you. Had some very interesting comments there. Uh, we have with us in studio uh, Cache County Sheriff Lynn Nelson. Thank you. Good morning. Appreciate you uh, being with us. Want to get uh, perspective from law enforcement. And Access Utah producer, uh, Danny Hayes, we have uh, her on because she is a possible prospective gun owner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good to be here.
0: So thank you uh, for, for joining us. Uh, let me start with uh, Bob Bredsgard. Uh, in, uh In this column with, uh, with Tom Morton, uh, you say you are a definite strong advocate of Second Amendment, right? You, you uh, do believe it is a, it's a firm right for people to, to own guns. Yes, I do. Uh, but uh, you believe that people ought to be trained, and that it sounds like you're maybe on the tougher end of concealed weapon permit instructors.
3: Well, I I believe that everybody has the right to keep and, and bear their arms, as long as they do it within the law and they're, they're responsible with them. Uh, I agree with uh, the concealed weapons permits and i i feel that that training is adequate as far as getting their permits but i would hope that nobody would uh stop there i would hope that that would be their the beginning of their training hmm.
0: what what kinds what i guess you have all sorts of people that come to you for training Including yes. maybe people who are, you know, a little put out they have to spend four hours with you, and uh, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, people who are very anxious to get trained on their guns, and maybe are are you get sense they're going to go out and get more training as well.
3: That's correct. Um, there are several people that are very familiar with handguns, and they feel that uh the four hours that they spend in class is wasted time. Um, but many people come and. And at the end of the class, they they admit that it was a good refresher and it was time well spent. Hmm.
0: What's your concern then? That, you know, people going out after having spent the four hours with you. Um, your concerns about safety for them and others. You, you want to make sure they're they're well trained.
3: Well, they need to understand that there's a responsibility that comes with carrying a concealed firearm. Uh, if they're carrying a concealed firearm, looking to to find trouble then that's what they're going to find but most people carry a concealed firearm and you will never know that they have ever been in your presence with a firearm and they're law-abiding and and my concern is is that they just have training so that they know what the laws are and they don't find themselves in trouble with the law they don't make mistakes that uh will Cause injury or death to another person without it being justified,
0: and uh, that that gets to, to my concern. Is you know, I'm not a gun owner, but I, I can, as I imagine that, um, I don't want to shoot anybody accidentally. You know, I, I don't want to do the,
3: I don't do the wrong thing. A, I don't really think that most people that carry a concealed firearm want to shoot anybody i know that as a law enforcement officer i carried one for 24 years mm-hmm. and the last thing i wanted to do is have to pull that and
0: shoot somebody mm-hmm. and uh, so t- to my mind that goes to training does it does the would you agree is that <laughs> it it does uh-huh. okay so we'll we'll talk about this as we go along and we're we're asking you um to to, to uh, our listeners to uh to join the conversation and uh and uh, address this question what is responsible gun ownership? And a related question um, do you think the Utah legislature is reflecting you this session? Uh, we'd like to uh, talk about uh, safety. Are we safer with more or fewer guns? Do you have any concerns about gun ownership, your own or others? Do you have an experience with guns you'd like to share? Uh, the number is 1-800-826-1495 one 826 1495 or you can email us at upraxis at gmail.com upraxis at gmail.com One of the reasons we're uh, posing this question about responsible gun ownership is, is the fact that uh, Utah is very much on the conservative end uh, and if, even if you support gun control control it's uh, very unlikely that uh, any of those measures including background checks are, are going to come out of the legislature this session so we're concentrating on on uh, on gun safety let's bring in uh, Sheriff uh, Nelson I wonder if you you as a law enforcement officer what what your attitude is toward uh, gun ownership especially as regards to to training what what sorts of training would you like people to have uh, required or, or not required? Well,
4: I think uh, Bob hit it right on the head. Uh, If you're going to own a firearm, and especially if you're going to carry one, uh, there's a huge amount of responsibility placed on your shoulders, and uh, you better know what you should be doing with it and how you should be doing it and so forth. Um, In my years, I've seen uh, virtually everyone who is – Carrying a concealed weapon has done it properly and acted in accordance to the law, and and we just haven't seen any problems that way. So um, I think it's the system seems to be working pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but that's one of the things we focus on quite a bit in law enforcement is training with firearms, mm-hmm. and yet the, the likelihood of uh, us having to use a firearm is pretty low,
0: mm-hmm. but yet that's one thing we focus on quite a bit. Yeah. What sorts of training do you do? You, do, you do? I think you. Everybody has to go to the the post training, right?
4: Uh, yes, but uh, our agency uh, we we qualify our people twice a year. We do uh, both daytime and nighttime scenarios, and and we uh, there's several ways you can do it. You can stand in front of a a so called bullseye and try and put a number of shots in a certain area, or you can. Do a more tactical type of training where you're moving and taking cover and and being uh, dynamic in the way you're uh, trying to to get that training ingrained into into the deputies and to the officers that uh, uh, are are going through that. You want to be instinctive and not having to. Uh, you know, try and remember, you know, where's the safety, where's this, Mm -hmm. what have I got to do? It it should be second nature. And so because we are placed in a very dangerous situation and, uh, you know, most people who carry concealed weapons or even go through the process of getting the permit, I believe are a high percentage of them just want to be in compliance and don't want to do anything that is outside of the law. And so by getting a concealed carry, maybe that gives them another level of, of safety and security so that they're not in violation. And mm. and But getting back to the very issue, the the training programs, I think you can go to a very abbreviated training thing and comply with the law. But in reality, if you've never been around guns and and uh, never been faced with uh, using deadly force. I I agree with Bob. I think uh, as
0: much training as you can get, the better off you're going to be. Hmm. What is required now? The, the the only training that I'm aware of that you're required is if you're going to have a concealed weapon permit. If you if you do open carry or or, or whatever, you're just going to go out and, and hunt. Uh, if
4: you're going to hunt, then you got to comply with uh the rules and regulations you know and go through hunter safety and all of that stuff which is a which is a great program for any gun owner to be involved with but uh even the concealed carry uh courses i know uh i don't know exactly what course bob teaches but uh i know there's some that you can literally get in an hour or so and mm-hmm. some that last all day long and um And have attorneys come in and talk about the law and Mm -hmm. and really make it a fulfilling classroom experience and Mm -hmm. and so whatever you feel you need and uh um, to help you and then i think that's where you ought to be going Mm -hmm. but people need to understand there's a huge amount of responsibility placed on them Mm -hmm. they they better understand and know what
0: they're what they're doing right right uh so if you if you open carry you don't have to have a permit right right and so no training required or no training required yeah so and i've always and we'll, we'll talk to danny hayes who you know, we've uh, i know uh, shares some of these concerns i always thought if i'm going to own a gun uh, i want the full you know i want a week's worth of training because, because you know <laughs> i feel the responsibility including and i don't know if this is a stereotype you see in movies uh, sheriff did you know the the Silhouettes that pop up and the the whole—I
4: <laughs> don't know if you get that it kind is, of training or not. Yeah, we do that type of training, but again, uh, you know, I think our our role is totally different than law, in law enforcement than what the average citizen is. Their role is is strictly a defensive role, and uh, no one's expecting them to go move forward in a shooting situation Mm -hmm. law enforcement's expected to move in to go forward not Mm -hmm. to not to pull back and uh given the circumstances but Mm -hmm. the average citizen they're definitely not expected and and probably is is definitely not a good idea to to go into that aggressive mode Mm -hmm. because if law enforcement shows up they're going to have a hard time determining Mm -hmm. who the bad guys are and uh If you have somebody moving forward with a gun,
0: then they better understand what they're what the situation is, right, Bob Bredsgard, um yes. I, I know you've talked in this article. You talked about uh, I, I like this quote: "It's better to never have been in a gunfight than to have survived one." And and so to avoid situations, that's, the sheriff was saying,
3: rule even for
0: law enforcement. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's. that's I'm sure. I'm sure sheriff would agree. Uh, so but that would that takes some training. Takes some, I guess, proper attitudes to, toward guns. You you in some situations you're not going to be thrown in that as much as law enforcement would be. But uh, Law enforcement
3: is going to be called to that. Right. Um, Hopefully, the uh, concealed carry permit is going to be, unfortunately, in that situation, um, unwillingly. Hmm. Uh, Let me just follow up a little bit on what your question was. In Utah, the requirement for a concealed carry permit is a four-hour course, and that course is set out by the State of Utah's Bureau of Criminal Identification they uh set the guidelines for the outline of the course and upon completion of that four hours it's the discretion of the instructor. Um, like I like I said earlier, I I reserve the right or refuse to give a, a concealed weapons permit to people that are in Inappropriate in my class, I just tell them they're going to have to get it somewhere else because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the one that has my signature on their permit should I get subpoenaed to court uh, at a later time with somebody that uh, has been irresponsible.
0: What, what kinds of people do you, what kinds of attitudes, what kind What you know, you can, why, why wouldn't you give this, the, the permit if to somebody? They come some in
3: people? with an attitude that, you know, they're looking for trouble. Um they don't want to participate that uh it's a total waste of time and i i it comes across to me that that they might be somebody that is irresponsible that i will I will not sign off on them hmm. um, I think that the sheriff was exactly right that you know law enforcement's becoming going to be coming to those scenes and they're going to have a man standing there with a gun, and they don't know whether or not that is the perpetrator or that is the victim. And the course is set up, and hopefully, all of the instructors in the state of Utah are teaching their students how to interface with law enforcement when the time comes. Um, they also need to be taught that they have just been involved in a deadly force situation, and so. What they say can be used against them in a court of law if they are charged criminally or even civilly, and so they need to be careful. Um, they need to cooperate with the police, and they need to to be helpful in finding suspects and pointing out evidence and things like that. But I would also say that law enforcement needs to, to remember that if they were involved in a shooting, they they would also want the the right of the Fifth Amendment to not incriminate themselves. And So they need to be careful what they say, but they need to be as cooperative as they can.
0: We're talking about guns, obviously, in Access Utah. There are several gun bills moving through the legislature. House Bill 76, uh, Representative Mathis's bill, Uh, is on a second reading in the Senate. It's passed the House. This would uh, allow for unloaded concealed weapons to be uh, uh, possessed without a permit. Um, House Bill 114 would uh, allow for state sovereignty over federal laws on, uh, on gun control. That's been... Legislators have been warned on that. That's a, perhaps unconstitutional. That's on its first reading in the Senate. Other bills are, are moving forward. We're, we're testing your attitudes toward uh, guns. We're responsible gun ownership. What is responsible gun ownership is our main question. Do you have an experience with guns you'd like to share? Are we safer with more or fewer guns? What training should be required for gun ownership and why? And uh, let me bring in, uh, we're talking with uh, Sheriff Lynn Nelson who is uh, sheriff of Cash County, and with Bob Bredsgard, who is a concealed carry instructor and a retired Davis County sheriff sergeant, Danny Hayes. Um, this uh, your appearance on the program is occasioned by some uh, discussions we have uh, internally as yeah. we're uh, setting up programs. You mentioned to me that uh, you were thinking about purchasing a gun, maybe at, at some some point. Yeah. What What are some of your concerns?
2: Well, yeah, some point I would like to get my concealeds. Um I just think it is a really cool, unique right that us as Americans have with the Second Amendment. And, but I understand, um, and I'll understand more and more when I go through the training and everything, when that time comes, that it's a very powerful weapon. Um, Any sort of gun it gives, um, and that we need to learn how to, we need to know how to respect the weapon, how to train, how to use it um, in any situation. So for me, I would go um above and beyond that four hours, I would want to. And I would get a, a gun more so for sport, not hunting or anything, not that I have anything against hunting, but um, like target practice. I don't know. That interests me. Um, I don't know if I could ever use it in a protection. Um, right now, I don't know if I'd ever be able to pull the trigger on someone. So I can't say that, but I want to be able to be trained well enough that I – can be like the police officers that you don't have to know where the safety is if there is a time that you are in a situation.
0: So what uh, what is your – you say your interest is more target shooting or – or uh, but, but you have an interest in guns just because of themselves. What What is your interest?
2: Yeah, they – I don't know. I grew up in a house with guns. My parents are both um, permit holders and – Um, I just – I think they are interesting, and there's a culture around them that I grew up in, and, yeah, I just think they're interesting.
0: And so growing up with guns, I'm sure having guns around, uh, maybe you've been like me who grew up without (laughs) guns. Mm -hmm. You're maybe not as nervous. Yeah, I definitely think
2: gun. that when you grow up with them, they're not as intimidating. But I can totally see on the other point with people who didn't grow up with guns how scary they can be and why people are completely against guns. I can see that. Um, that's why um, I'm all for – and because of all the – I just feel like we're seeing shootings um, and more and more of the guns in wrong hands which is more, it's a very small percentage compared to the uh, majority who have guns, who do respect the weapon, but because of these people who are getting the guns, using them unrespectfully um, and without responsibility, I, I anticipate tighter gun control, basically, and I will go do whatever the law says if there ever comes a new law, and I know some people are against that, um, and they uh, they say it's taking away freedom, but I think because um, if for me, I would have a total libertarian view on guns if I could guns, but you know, they can't if they're going to be used inappropriately, even by a small percentage. There, there needs to be tighter tighter laws against it. Mm-hmm.
0: So you see tighter gun control coming down the pike.
2: You I do see it. To. I don't think it will be as much as uh, portrayed in the media and from um, those. The people on the other side, because like the NRA is so strong and there's so many gun controls and it's in the Constitution. There's a lot on that that it's going to stop it. And so. Um, but I do anticipate more gun control sometime.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you're invited to uh, join the conversation at one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five. 826 1495 We have about uh, t- uh, 10 or 12 minutes left in the program. 1-800-826-1495 and uh, upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at com, and 1-800-826-1495. Sheriff um, Nelson, I wonder as you, you, you and your officers go out and respond to situations uh, do you worry at all about about regular citizens with guns? Do you think that makes society safer, especially with regard to to your officers responding to situations or or you think it makes it unsafer?
4: Well, I think uh, yeah. you, you got to understand the mindset yeah. of uh, a deputy or an officer or trooper responding to a situation. They go in assuming that anyone or everyone could be armed. And so everybody gets treated pretty much the same way. That's why the responsibility of a concealed carry person is so heightened. Um, it, guns never bothered me, you know, in a car or whatever. But I always told the people, don't touch them. You know, you touch them, you move them, then you you put the, the law enforcement uh, person in a position that they have to react. Because they are going to react, and if you go, "Oh, here's my gun," and you you pick it up and turn towards them, there's a high probability you could get shot, you know because they don't they're watching your hands, they're watching the weapon they're not necessarily listening to what you're saying because you could be saying anything and be drawing a weapon towards them so uh that's what I was touching on when I said responsibility." Um, I've seen a lot of guys that have guns in their glove compartments, uh, little tiny guns on their belt buckles, you know, or carrying a concealed weapon. That's okay, but as soon as they make that move, that to touch the weapon or to go after it, you got to understand that law enforcement is going to react, and they're going to react quickly, and they're because they are, you know, they are not going to wait for the first shot to go off before they respond Mm -hmm. you know that's just uh, stupid Mm -hmm. so um, they are going to react and that's why i said their training is so much different than what an average citizen would be uh so anyway that's that's that was always my philosophy you know i i've worked all aspects of the sheriff's office been in patrol investigations and and all sorts of things, and in any of those situations, you always assume the worst and hope for the best, and and if there's not a problem, there's not a problem, that's great, but you always have to stay on your tiptoes, and and sometimes, you know, you look at um, officers here in Utah, you know, and maybe off of the Wasatch Front, there's there's little likelihood of of violence, but you look at the officers who've been killed in the line of duty over the last ten years or so they 've always been out in the rural areas mm-hmm. and so just because we live here in Happy Valley, whatever happy valley you you live in doesn 't mean that the violence isn't going to be there, and so you 're almost uh, you can 't be in a relaxed state at any time just because you live somewhere where there's less crime mm. because you never know when you're going to deal with those people in those situations. You know, over the last few months, we've given a lot of presentations on on active gunman scenarios and so forth. And that's one of the things we stress highly is your role uh, is to defend yourself. But once law enforcement gets there, you need to understand you need to comply with every word that they're saying and orders that they're given because they have no clue who the who the bad guys are mm. and uh and so that's that again is another level of responsibility that you take on yourself when you start carrying a concealed weapon and and
0: doing that we do have a uh, an email question I'll address this to uh, Mr. Bredsgard uh, this is Greg and Logan though most people don't want to kill someone the high emotions can sway their decisions. Training helps. I think anyone who wants to own a firearm should have to have a license for that weapon. This license should also require safety tests and renewals. I wonder what you think, uh, Bob Britzkart.
3: Well, I would disagree with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Second Amendment is pretty clear that people have the right to keep and bear arms, and no amount of licensing or or anything like that's going to make them safe. Their training is what's going to make them safe. And if I can just make a comment real quickly on what the sheriff said, um, and I would hope that anybody listening would take this advice, and that is when they interface with law enforcement, that they keep their hands where law enforcement can see them, they'd be very cooperative, and that they tell law enforcement that they are a permit permit carrier, and then ask them how they would like them to proceed. That way they will be safe. The officer knows that they have firearms on their person or in their vehicle, and they can then direct the person how to respond.
0: Hmm. Uh, Let me ask a follow-up question to what uh, Greg said. You you disagree with licensing uh, on Second Amendment uh, grounds. Um, If you advocate training, which which you are, and I think a lot of us agree that training is a good idea, um, some people are are going to get the minimum training they can, or in some cases, open carry. You don't need training. Um, so shouldn't we shouldn't we require some training?
3: Well, for a person to own a firearm, have it in their home, whatever, I would say no. Um, that's that is their Second Amendment right. They have the right to to keep and bear those arms. I would hope that anybody that has a firearm would follow through with some training. Um, if they're going to carry concealed, then they that's a whole new ball game. They're they're going to be interfacing with law enforcement and they are going to be be making deadly force decisions. And they need to understand the laws that are behind those decisions and when they can appropriately use those um, firearms and not find themselves in prison.
0: Mm. We turn to Danny Hayes. Um, you, you know, As you contemplate gun ownership, and you talk about mostly you'd be out on the shooting range, that's where your, your traction is, but uh, you maybe have it in the house. What's, uh, what sort of training do you think uh, you would want to have, and, and do you think we ought to require some training?
2: Well, I was just going to say that I didn't realize how easy it is to get guns, and I know that KSL just took down their um, on their classifieds too. They took it down after the Sandy Hook shootings, but I didn't. I didn't realize how easy it is to get guns. So that means these people could have guns and have no training whatsoever, and that's kind of scary, especially for my point because I want a lot of training, and um, and so for me, I grew up my 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 parents are are well trained, especially my dad in guns, and. I just they're all locked up and they're safe and there needs to be and that well and that's why this bill um is kind of scary in the legislature, um, because it's making it um the them looser. And I think we have fine gun laws right now and I do anticipate, like I said, them to get stricter. Um but just to I don't know, it just opens up more doors um that I think a lot of people would rather have them be closed. Mm.
0: Uh, Mr. Britsgaard, I wonder uh, what your attitude is toward House Bill 76. This would uh, allow for unloaded concealed weapons to uh, be possessed with, without a permit. Uh, it seems like it's you know, it's going away from, from some training.
3: I don't have a pr- problem with people um, having firearms. Uh, I would hope that they would follow through with training just because they are gun owners and they're responsible. But one thing that I would say is we're kind of talking about this gun control issue. I I think that we're, I think that the public is sometimes confused. There are some people that are just inherently evil and they're going to have guns, whether we regulate them or not. We have adequate laws on our books that just need to be um, enforced and prosecuted. Unfortunately, I, Served as a law enforcement officer for twenty four years, and the thing that got dismissed most often was the was the weapons charges because people were willing to plea bargain, and as long as those weapon charges weren't on their records, then they were willing to plead guilty to the to the crimes that they committed. I think that we need to look more at the people that get arrested and are using firearms illegally and prosecuting those people with the laws that are already on the books. Hmm.
0: Let me uh, throw out this as an experience a friend uh, had recently, um, just with um, a demonstration of Second Amendment rights, which, you know, everybody has the right to do, but uh, my friend was holding a party and a, a a man came with a with a gun i i think it was concealed I, i'm i'm sure he had a permit um and then it became known that he had this this gun and it, the discussion turned to to guns and uh he takes it out and puts it on the table which c- could seem to be a very you know a, a one uh, and a very innocent act but on the other uh, uh the people there apparently got the impression that he was sort of demonstrating a second amendment rights and it it made many people at the at the party Nervous, um, and uh, of course, there have been some demonstrations in public places. People uh, carrying the rifles around to demonstrate their Second Amendment rights. I, I wonder if any of our guests want to, to weigh in on on this. Uh, I guess to the extent to what it, that it makes a situation more dangerous or or more fraught and, and nervous, then that would be a, a bad thing. On the other hand, uh, people have the right to to express and their opinions.
3: That, and in that case, I would say that they have just violated the law. Mm-hmm. they have brandished a firearm and that is against the law.
0: Ah, okay. And it seems like uh, you know, it wasn't there, I just heard the second hand, it seems like this person was sort of doing this to you know, to demonstrate, hey, I I have the second amendment, right. right. But but you would say they they crossed they crossed the line at that point.
3: In some cases when people bring out firearms and they they're pointing them toward other people, that's brandishing. Mhm. Um if they, if they cause a concern or an alarm to, or an affront to other people because of their presenting the firearm. You gotta remember that in the state of Utah and across the nation that concealed carry weapons are to be concealed. They're not to be brought out and shown to the public and things like that. They're, they're a self-defense weapon. And that's the way that they're supposed to be carried.
0: Hmm. I suppose I could have got the story wrong maybe it was an open carry you know but but in any case uh, what about in that case if it's open carry and he took it out put it on the table would that still be considered brandishing wrong
3: well it depends on how he did it but hmm. even in open carry um the firearm the people are taught in the in the in the classes that the firearm is only allowed in a deadly sit in a deadly force situation, otherwise it stays in the holster.
0: Hmm. Uh, Danny, do you have a comment on this?
2: Yeah, I just—it goes back to um, understanding that people come from different backgrounds. I'm sure um, this person—they were invited into the house, and it was probably, from what it seems, it was a disrespectful move on the gun owner's part because it made the homeowners uncomfortable. So, you just have to know. Sure, he could have done that, but should he have? Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe under current law, uh, Sheriff, you can correct me on this. Uh, as a as a homeowner, or as a church, I think that those places you can restrict guns, can't you? In, in your yes, in those I, places,
4: I believe there are certain circumstances where
0: you can you can
4: identify your place of business or uh, your church or or whatever as uh, not to allow that in there. You know, there is some challenge that's going on. On a concealed carry, you know how does anyone know? And I think it gets to what Bob says. You know, it, concealed carry is uh, is meant to be concealed, and and really no one should even know that that situation exists. You know, it's challenging. I think one of the things that that comes up here is you you just can't uh, give people common sense sometimes, and there's getting less and less. You know common sense around. And so the. I think what people are most frustrated is, is us being legislated to do certain things. And, it, and it's across the board on a multitude of issues from do we uh, legislate that you have to wear a seatbelt in a car, you know? Well, shouldn't you be smart enough to know that you put on a seatbelt to be safe? And it, some people just aren't, you know? And so... I think that's kind of the the bottom basis of the Second Amendment. People are – whatever they are proposing and trying to do, it, it's getting away from that basic right. And I think that's the issue that's driving a lot of this discussion
0: today. And we'll leave it there. We're out of time. I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Uh, sheriff Flynn Nelson from Cache County, thanks so much for coming thank in. Uh, Danny Hayes, our uh, Access Utah producer, thanks. Thanks. And Bob Bredsgard, who's a concealed carry instructor and retired Davis County sheriff Sergeant, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, thanks for listening. For our producers, Addison Pace and uh, Danny Hayes, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks for listening.